thanks for joining us for tonight's Women's National League show with FileWhistle.ie and myself, Alana Canan. We have a wedge show for you coming up this week with a recap of the games with Brett Nearly, first off, to um, have them fresh in your mind while we go throughout the show. And then we'll dive into some Treaty United representation with Jesse Mendes having, ha, are coming on tonight with us. Then we'll have uh, Stephanie Roach of PMED United, a former host on the podcast, of course, back tonight in the guest seat. And then finally, we'll chat to Chloe Singleton uh, to explore all things Galway WFC. So we'll jump into it then and get started. As I said, Brefney, you're joining us for a, a review of the weekend's action. Plenty of goals and a gravity of results too. Um, what uh, caught your eye at the weekend? Well, obviously, we were both at the game in the showgrounds, which, of course, saw Sligo Rovers score their first home goal of the season. Uh, a last-minute consolation, a fantastic free kick from uh, their captain, Emma Hansbury, there. But a good performance from both throughout. They really impressed me in stages. Sinead Taylor scored an absolute belter of a goal um, in the second of their three. So uh, interesting to see how they're going to fare out for the rest of the year. Across the rest of the league, obviously, big win for Shells. They'll be happy with a 7-0 victory down. Uh, against Cork, long journey back to Cork, having uh, shipped seven goals. But uh, I saw a stat on Twitter during the week about Abby McCarthy made the most saves during the week. So that'll tell you all you need to know about how that game went uh, over the s- Saturday afternoon. P-Mount, again, impressive start, turning up in the first couple of minutes, 3-2 at half time, And then Whisper started floating, but DLR got two goals back to 3-2. They held on for the win. They'll be happy with the three points because DLR have been impressive this year. But I think for me, um, maybe Piemont, a couple of question marks over maybe their ability to kill off games that they would have killed off in previous years. But I think it's also a sign of how strong DLR have become over the last couple of months. And we saw shades of it towards the end of last year. I've definitely been impressed with what I've seen so far this season. So um, well done to Brent Kelly and his team over there. But two great goals from DLR to bring them back into that game from long distance. Didn't really give Nibri Burke much of a chance in the Piemont goal. And then I suppose Wexford, what we would probably expect, I know you're talking to Jesse Mendes in a couple, in a few minutes, uh, but what we would expect from that game based on form 3-0 for Wexford down there and at Lone and Galway, a great game, 3-1. And uh, again, Chloe Singleton on the show later on. A lot of uh, overlap between those squads over the years. A few players have played for both teams, so an interesting game. But at Lone will be very, very happy. And it's really it's a marker for them in terms of the progress they've made over the last couple of, of seasons, really, since they've come into the league. I don't think we would have expected that 12 months ago. So from mm. an Athlone point of view, very good. A little bit of a concern for Galway. I'm sure you'll chat to Chloe about that in due course. Yeah, as you say, a bit of a, not a surprise so much as Galway have been in form at the start of this year, especially. Um, how much of a loss do you think Savannah McCarthy has been to, uh, will be to Galway, Brethany, going forward? You know, her announcement of her ACL injury there set to rule her out for some time. Any team would miss a player of her quality, but I think Galway, given some of the players they've lost over the last six to 12 months, the experience that they've lost in there that are no longer part of the match day squad, the likes of Ruth Fahey, the Maybe um, Burke uh, and others. Uh, you can't buy that kind of experience. So Savannah, I'm sure she'll still be floating around. She'll still be there and she'll be around the, the squad on match days and, and maybe trainings as well. But uh, you can't, you're going to miss her something serious on the pitch. But listen, teams have lost players before. It gives others an opportunity to step up into that breach and kind of show their leadership quality. So we to see who does step forward. Uh, maybe it'll be Chloe. You'll chat to her again about it in a few minutes. But uh, there's plenty of options there for players to kind of get get stuck in over the next few weeks and months ahead. 
And just as you're chatting there, another kind of talking point popped into my head. You mentioned there maybe the shred of complacency tendency about payment. Obviously, last year's, um, what would you call it, profiteers off that, Shelburne had that big win at the weekend. Do you think that was a sign that Cork City are going to struggle this year or was that just a massive great showing from the reigning champions? I think a little bit of both. I think it was quite obvious early on that we're looking at three teams. Jesse won't thank me for this, but there's three teams that really, in my opinion, are, are towards the, the bottom of the table. You're looking at Cork, Treaty and Sligo Rovers. And I think um, aside from each other, I can't really see them picking points up uh, across the table. But it does make that nice little kind of mini league at the bottom of the table where they can be competitive against each other. We saw Sligo's results down at Cork a couple of weeks ago, albeit against the run of play. They'll take whatever bit of luck they got on that day, whether it was a goalkeeper's face or whatever that ended up in the ball in the back of the net. They don't care. They'll take it. Um, and I think Treaty and Cork will look for that little bit of luck. You never know. We saw last season uh, Cork came to Galway and took home a, a point in the, in the classic four-all game, I think, in the first week of the season. So strange things have happened. But I think Cork are going to struggle this year. Um, I think Treaty possibly the same and Sligo as well as we go on. I don't think that's going to be a major surprise for, for anybody, really. Yeah, and we're even beginning to get a bit of a sound on how things are going to go, um, even with the first few rounds of fixtures in the Women's National League. And as you mentioned, those kind of different segments in the table building. We'll have a look at that now, I think, if we can. There you go. That's the, the league table. Payment, of course, at the top. Uh, four wins from four. Shells, Wexford, still unbeaten. No points dropped at all. And as we said at the bottom, if you're looking at Sligo, Cork, Treaty. But those four teams in the middle, still very competitive. They can all beat each other as well. And I wouldn't be surprised to see DLR maybe be in that fourth or fifth or third place, potentially, later on in the season as well. Definitely um, a prediction that has been arising right throughout the league. You know, is DLR set to be in contention for that top three place. But something I'm sure we'll touch on again at the end of the show. Brethany, you're going to join us to preview the fixtures. But uh, thanks for coming on now uh, for the roundup. No, not a problem at all. Uh, we'll talk to you in a few minutes. Now, for our first, our first uh, interview segment of the show, I'm ecstatic to be finally, as I say, joined by some Treaty United representation here with us tonight and Jesse Mendes. Thanks for taking the time, Jesse. Thanks for having me, Alana. Yeah, so we're delighted to have you on this evening and um, chat all things Treaty United, as I mentioned. Um, how would you say, you know, the start of the season has been so far? Have you kind of been um, wanting to do a bit better than you've been getting on so far or how do you think it's gone? Uh, look, I think it's fair to say that we knew coming into the season that the first few fixtures would be very tough. We had um, a way to Wexford, DLR and Piedmont within the first four weeks. So we knew they'd be tough fixtures, but I think they were a great way to prepare for the rest of the season. And you're going to have to play the top teams sometimes. So I thought by playing them at the start of the season, it kind of prepared us for the rest of the season. And for the younger girls that just came up, it kind of showed them that this is the level that we want to get to. Now, it might all be now, but like in a few years' time. Mm. So, I think while the fixtures are really tough, I think we've already learned a good few lessons from them. Um, obviously, the results didn't go the way we wanted it to, but I think the positives we can take from it is the performances have been proven week in, week out. Like, if you compare a performance from DLR to Piedmont or Piedmont to Wexford, they're improving. And I think, and also another positive is we had a lot of chances against Wexford the weekend one. So, although we lost 3 0, but I think the positive you can take from it is 
we had a lot of chances and then that's the difference between the top teams and what we need to get to is we need to be clinical and put away those chances in order to get where we want to be. Yeah, there's definitely a good way to look at it, as you say, and get them out of the way, bring the positives and bring them into the next few, few games. Even um, as we were touching on there, you know, people tend to think there's kind of this three tier um, segments about the Women's National League, maybe that top three, then the middle and then down at the bottom. Where do you envisage you guys ending up at the end of the season? Do you think it is amongst there with the Corks and the Sligos or where do you hope, hope to be, Jesse? Look, we just want to be as competitive as we can in every game and give every team uh, a really good game. And I think, like, I think personally that we can get into the mid half of the table. Uh, the improvement that we've seen in the last three weeks, um, ourselves even, um, has been enormous. So, like, I think that we can get to the mid half of the table, and I think we can actually, um, upset a few t- teams this season if we keep going the way we're going and the younger girls keep performing like they're doing. I think, yeah, we can push on to the mid half of the table. And a new coach too in uh, Donna Reardon at the start of this year, one of the more revered and respected managers, I think it's fair to say, around um, any league around in league. How has he kind of gelled with the team since he's come in? Um, Donna's been absolutely fantastic since he came in. I think we all gelled to him really, really well. And I think that's what we needed, I think, because for maybe another two or three years, it's all about building and improving for us as a team. It's more about learning. Um, as I said a while ago, while results are not going our way at the moment, we just want to keep improving performances mainly. Um, obviously, we want to win and obviously our aim for every game is to get three points. But I think he's been absolutely fantastic. He's instilled such a mentality in us in such a short space of time. Like already, he's just worked hard and never like he's just been fantastic since he came in. So I think and even with the younger girls, obviously, the 3D 17s won the All-Ireland last year, so it's fantastic having them up. And since they've came up, he's been fantastic to them, and I think they've already learned a lot from him. Yeah, a lot of lessons spring in, as you say. The two managers last year, is it nice to get this bit of stability and, as you say, experience at the start of this year and kind of get yourself on a good foothold for the start of this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned stability there. I think it's so important, I think, because... When you know that you have a background team and that are trusted and we're all in it together, it really does help and it does improve performance. Um, towards the end last year, obviously, we were kind of a bit all over the place and different managers coming in. That is hard and it, it you know affects the players. It does do affect the players a small bit. So I think when Don came in and we he's so committed and so passionate, it really adds to the team and we all respect him so much as a coach, so it helps. You keep uh, mentioning there as well, Jesse, the the young girls in the team. You're only young yourself yet, though. I know. I went from being like the youngest at Cork City to literally the oldest at Treaty. So yeah. Um, but we have literally 15, 16 year old girls who have been fantastic since coming up. Like, and a few of them are involved in international squads. And uh, Michaela Lawrence only a few days ago, probably you all seen her, but she's fantastic. And literally all of them, I could name them all out. They've been really, really good. So taking it back then to kind of the very start, where does your love of football and what do you say come from, Jesse? Um, I grew up playing football. My mom's really into football. My whole family's into football. Um, me and my sister literally grew up on the sidelines. We went to every single game around us. Um, I started off with Wilton United um, and played all my underage and then signed for Cork City 17s and had two underage seasons there and a year senior. Um, so yeah, I've been around football literally all my life. Um, my mom is still even playing, so we've no escape from it really. We're all either at games or playing games or watching games. 
And would you say then, following in your mum's footsteps, who you say has also played a football and played at um, a big enough level too, is that part of the reason that it's continued to be such a passion for you? You've kind of taken it from your childhood into your, into your adult playing years. Yeah, definitely. I think she's a huge influence, but um, she's really, really good to have. Like she, like after a game, she'll either kill me or she'll tell me exactly what to do. But like, it goes both ways because I just came from her game there now, and I'm telling her what to do after a game. So it works both ways. But yeah, definitely. That's a that's a funny dynamic, all right? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, as you mentioned, um, Cork City or Cork native yourself. What was it then about Trady that caught your eye? Um, I think it's only an hour and ten from my house, like so it's actually not that far at all. Um I think it's a club that's growing, it's improving, there's fantastic people involved, that really, really good attitude and I just wanted to challenge myself and go up and try as I said, I was the youngest at Cork City and I felt like when I went to Treaty, I automatically had to become a leader straight away and I like that responsibility. So I'm really enjoying it, yeah. And hours of commitment, I don't doubt to kind of getting up to the bit of football, but on and off yeah. the pitch too, you know, it's probably difficult to balance it all. What do you get up to in the day to day? Yeah, it's Are hard you... to balance, all right, because the first year I signed for Treaty, I was doing my leaving cert, so it was hard to balance finishing school at four o'clock and trying to do your homework on the way up in the car, but, but it all paid off at the end. But um, yeah, now I'm studying early years in UCC, so going on to be a primary school teacher, so... Um, but I luckily enough our our timetable for college is kind of flexible so I can always fit in training I'd say you got plenty of stick in UCC about playing for Trudy do you yeah definitely I'm playing with all the Cork City girls now and I get it every week (laughs) (laughs) um yeah as I mentioned would you say like you know like what's something you guys are trying to instill in the um treaty camp you know you're saying there you know there's a lot of rivalry with Cork City maybe a bit of um building that momentum building that bit of fight and you guys and uh, overall adding to the consistency of the squad as we touched on earlier yeah I think the rivalry comes because there's five ex-Cork City players on the current um treaty team so that's the kind of rivalry but I think like um I think the rivalry is good in a way because it gets us up for the game and it's we all have respect for each other. It's just um, the atmosphere in the treaty camp is fantastic. The attitude is like really, really good and the girls always want to improve. And I, that's what I'm on about in the league as well. I think if we really work hard this year and um, listen to Don and I think we can get to the middle of the table. And just as I mentioned out there, I'm after noticing the, the photo behind you there on the wall. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was under 17s. Under 17s, is it? Yeah, Cork City, yeah. It's pride of place there on the wall, anyways. Yeah, I'll have to get another one outside soon. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to put in a treaty one there alongside. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it must be difficult sometimes, as you say, you know, kind of trying to build that rivalry and consistency, maybe to try and get a fo- foothold in the league when so many people, as you say, are prone to kind of transfer into whether it be other teams or maybe going abroad for college or whatever. Um, yeah. How does that kind of feel when that happened? Is it frustrating to kind of feel like you're building something and then all of a sudden it's kind of pulled out from under your feet? Yeah, it is a big of a blow. Like last season, Aoife Horgan was a superstar for us at the first half of the season and then she went to America and it is a big of a, a bit, a bit uh, a bit of a blow but like I think then you just have to adjust 
um and just keep trying to improve all the time and just adjust we can't do nothing about it obviously we're delighted to see the girls go play and mm. progress in their careers but um it is interrupting and it is a bit frustrating at times but I always said we like to see the girls do well and those that's all about football people move on people go different places so we just have to go with it and roll with the punches as they say but yeah. leadership and aspects you alluded to earlier that you like are you um coaching or anything at the minute I think I came across something on Twitter there that you're trying to get people out to these summer camps or Easter camps yeah um I do coach and I coach at the FA camps most years and I just had my UEFA see uh, block one last night as well so I'm in the middle of doing my badges as well um yeah I love coaching and I think that comes from wanting to be a teacher as well so I think it all just ties in I love working with kids and I I get on really well with people and yeah so definitely is that maybe a long-term goal as you say working with kids and maybe you could factor this into that and move up the ranks there as well yeah I'd love to manage uh, Irish under, uh, international underage as well later on in the years after I stop playing myself so yeah hopefully and a uh, personal goal more so on the pitch then what would you um mark as a good successful year for yourself Jesse? and um, like what would be something that you'd want to tick off your list maybe this year or in the years going forward um I think mainly my personal goal is to actually do the best that I can for the team at the moment and try get them where I want try get them where I know we can get to and get the best out of them for this season because I know they all have so much ability so I really want to get the best out of them as much as I can and regards to personal obviously we all have um our own aims and personal goals for the season obviously be I'd love a home base a training session etc etc but like my main goal at the moment is to get the team where I think we could be and get the best out of the girls for this season I can really hear the teaching inspiration there coming out. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys had Wexford there at the weekend, as you mentioned, and a 3-1 loss ultimately. But what kind of style do you think uh, 3D are kind of trying to implement this year? Would you say you guys like to kind of play out from the back as a priority or what What would you say is your, um, I suppose, aim so far this year? What are you trying to play like as a team? I think our main thing is pressing more so than ever this year, like getting in people's faces a lot more. And we don't want to give um, any easy game to a team. Like we really want to make every team work hard for, like, as I said a while ago, we want to compete with every single team in the league this year and give them a really hard game. And I think pressing and we're in the face a lot more. And I, I'd say from talking to the first three teams, people that played with them were a lot more, a, a lot more pressing team this year so I think that's a good thing our tempo's up a lot more um, just probably an annoying team to play against really and that's what we want to do make it as difficult as we can for everyone So how annoying do you feel you're going to be against Galway this weekend? <laughs> Hopefully very annoying yeah <laughs> Hopefully. Um, they're missing a few as myself and Brethany mentioned earlier and um, lost out to Atlone there but how do you see that one playing out? Yeah, I'm going to tear about Sav as well, and I hope she gets back quick. But um, Sav will be a huge loss to them. But yeah, it's always a great game against Galway. It's always a tough game. It's more of a fight, really. Um, I love playing Galway, and I think it's maybe because Limerick Galway are so close neighbours. There is a bit of a rivalry at Galway, seemingly. The Limerick girls always say it. Whereas, but, um, so yeah, there's literally rivalries everywhere. But um, yeah, it'll be a good game. It'll be a tough game. And look, we we'll just go out there and hopefully perform as best we can and hopefully get 
a few points, fresh points on the table. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to watching that one anyways, Jesse. and thanks for your time this evening. Thanks a million, Alana. Thank you. So now from, from one Treaty versus Galway player to another, we move on to Chloe Singleton this time around um, with her uh, look at all things Galway WFC, as I mentioned. But um, thanks for coming on, Chloe. Thanks a million for having me, Alana. I uh, know you joined the podcast, I think, was it nearly around this time last year to the day? Um, yeah. Now, but Stephanie and Breffney, you're getting yeah, used to yeah. this major crack. Oh, God, yeah. I don't think I'm so used to it now, but yeah. <laughs> it's not too bad do you ever get used to it I suppose it's kind of I don't think so no they're like obviously you know I think with the league you're obviously gonna have something to do along the lines of media but um no yeah it's it's, it's always a bit nerve-wracking I feel yeah I don't think you'd be lo- alone in that regard um yeah. but yeah to start off I guess um as myself and Breffney were mentioning at the top of the show you know the loss to a dogged alone outfit at the weekend what do you think went wrong for you guys there? I don't know. Like, as you mentioned, obviously, Sav is, is obviously going to be a huge loss to us. Um, we obviously can't use that as an excuse now for the rest of the season. Like, she's going to be out for the rest of the year. Mm. Obviously, um, such a huge loss to us. We had a few girls out due to illness. Um, obviously, we can't make excuses. Like, it, it is what it is. Athlone are a very good side. Like, it's like, it's like a local derby with Athlone. Like, it's only an hour up the road. Um, but no, look, I I don't know what really what went wrong. There was a few things down to obviously missing players due to illness. Obviously, Sav. I think we had two early. We, we had two goals ruled offside. I think they were a bit controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's going to happen in the league. Like that happens in every game. Really, you get a goal ruled off mm-hmm. ruled off for offside. But look, Atlone put away their chances. We didn't like. We had a load of chances in the first half that we just couldn't convert. Um, and then Atlone obviously punished us then when it came to their chances, which is just such a bitter pill to swallow for us. Um, I'm still still getting over it. Like it's it's um, it was really tough one. Uh, the weekend was just ruined for me really, because that was such a it was such a massive three points to lose out to, to lose out on for us. But um, look, we're just looking forward to this weekend and hopefully converting another three points. Is that a rarity or a commonality there, Chloe, the weekend being affected by the football on a Saturday? Yeah, no, it's, it, it is very common. Like if, obviously you want to win because then you're, you have a great Sunday then, but um, no, it, it really does. It really does. It brings it into the next week. Like even Monday mm. and Tuesday, I was just depressed nearly with the result. It, it's, it's still, it's like haunting me. So we're really raring for this weekend just to hopefully convert it and um, yeah, make a few changes. I get you. And then as you talked about earlier as well, obviously the major loss of Savannah McCarthy announcing that mm-hmm. she um, won't be back for quite some time. I know you're saying you can't kind of dwell on it too much, but what was your reaction as a team to that? And how do you think it'll affect your season? Look, when it happened at the time, obviously it was it was a very dramatic kind of injury at the time. It was against DLR. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we thought, it looked worse than what it was. We were all hoping for the best, obviously. Um, when she told us during the week what it was, we were, we were obviously all good for her, like when we wish mm-hmm. her the best. But like, I think it's every player's worst nightmare is to do an injury like that. Um, you go in every game hoping you come out uninjured, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, for Sav, it's, it's such a loss, obviously, for the team. She's a big personality, like on and off the pitch. Um, so, yeah, no, it's going to be a big loss to us. But 
to be fair to her, she's going in, going into an injury in good nick. Like she's in great nick, to be fair to her. And like with the determination and motivation she has, I know she'll come out stronger. And my only fear for her is that she'll she'll rush the recovery nearly because she's just so eager to get back on the pitch. Um, but she's in good hands. Like, look, the FAI are looking after her. I think she's getting her surgery later on this week. Um, all the best to her. We're, we're really all behind her. And that she's got a great support group Like we're, from us, from the FAI, her family, her friends. Like, you know, she's got great support around her. So hopefully now she just keeps the head up, really. Yeah, myself and the guys here at Final Whistle would like to extend those wishes to you because, as you say, brilliant player and a mm. lovely person too, I think uh, it's fair to say as well. But yeah, yeah definitely. Given, uh, given you have been, as you say, firing away there for Galway, you've also had some recent champion with uh, NUIG, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been a good year, to be fair, um, with the college, obviously, last year with the whole covid scenario there wasn't much going on in college but um no brilliant this year to get that win obviously we couldn't do the double would have loved to have done the double the um the cup as well um but minute unfortunately knocked us out and um, they're obviously a great side as well um but no it's it's nice to actually win a bit of a bit of silverware for once it's been a while really but um no it's it's been really successful and all the girls are lovely like a lot of the girls play i play with a lot of the girls with galway as well so mm-hmm. it's it's a great dynamic to have like we've obviously gotten closer because of the college football and it's, it's just so enjoyable like you know um but no it's 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 been a good year you're nearly going year round then I'd say at that point area if you're going from yeah. well into college football um, yeah, like why, it, why do you still kind of want to do it like what's the draw for college football as well well I think college football like it's obviously not as competitive you can have a bit more fun with it obviously um like there is that that side to it where there's a more of a social side to the college football, which is obviously really enjoyable. Um, but look, it's football at the end of the day. Want to be playing, want to be doing, having game time. Like it does clash. Like we were running into preseason and the start of the season, uh, with the college football. So it is it is a lot like on the legs. Um, I myself was injured at the start of the season due to the college football. Right. But like, I I think at the end of it, it is worth it. Like we won something out of it and to be fair, the memories you make with the girls, there's a lot of international players, a lot of Americans that come in and they enjoy it. Like they're on Erasmus over here and they're just getting to know us for the few months that they're over here. And like, it's just a great experience really. Like you get to know people that you wouldn't usually like get to know on a daily basis. So no, I really, really enjoyed it really. Did you get the champagne out again, whether it be emoji or actual one out for that one? (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely a few celebrations. Yeah. (laughs) I, I was laughing there on I remember the time of the last day of the season last year and um, there was a bit of jiving going on on uh, um Twitter yeah about you know people saying oh Piedmont here 2-0 up here against Galway they can pop get the champagne and you would have popped back yourself how wrong they turned out to stop, be for you stop I know I know it bit me back this year anyways um yeah, I don't know. I think it was it, there was nothing malicious behind that comment at all. It wasn't really oh, yeah. towards there wasn't it wasn't really towards anyone in particular wasn't towards Piedmont girls like they're obviously a great side they tanked us a few weeks ago like um but no it was just a bit of banter really and I, I think they understood that as well oh definitely yeah all in good fun but anyways yeah. it adds it adds all to the occasion anyways I think all that bit of kind of back and forth and even rivalry like uh, Jesse was mentioning sorry what did you say I was saying all the rivalry kind of adds to it all anyways, like Jesse was yeah. mentioning. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of rivalry within the teams. Um, also, she was saying it's like it's kind of like a local derby between us and Limerick as well. Like it's 
yeah, there's definitely a lot of rivalry, especially this year. I think the gaps are being closed. Um, but yeah, I think every game that you, you, it's unexpected the results really. Like a few results are kind of expected, but I think this year especially, there's there's been a lot of unexpected results so far. Even I'm sure you won't be hoping so. But from a neutral point of view, I'd say long may it continue because it makes the league absolutely fantastic to watch week in week out. But given Galway had a lot of signings in the off season and the end of last year as we just touched on too there's a lot of hype about you guys coming into this time around how do you kind of think that uh, that has all come together and how do you kind of take to that speculation as a player yeah like obviously you don't want there to be too much hype about you because that adds mm. to the pressure Um, we just like to go out every weekend try and prove people wrong like if we're the underdogs going into the game we like to try and prove players and the league wrong really but um no, look, it's it's good so far. So hopefully we can just keep going with, with the standard of our players. Like obviously we've gotten a lot of new players in. They're really stepping up this year. We've got a lot of international players. We always seem to get like a load of Americans. We have a few Canadians this year. And, you know, this seemed to settle really well. Obviously they're still new. We still have a lot of gelling to do on the pitch. Um, mm. And that's that's obviously been noted since last week. But no, it's 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 been great. And like I said, it's kind of like the college perspective. We get to... We get to get to know the girls like on a different basis and you know you all have connections then when you're going abroad or anything like so no it's it's obviously it's a huge change and there's a lot of different dynamics on the team but um no it's been working out so far and especially the training has been phenomenal like it's definitely stepped up a good bit this year um on the training ground there's a, a higher intensity which is always a good sign so hopefully we can bring it into the game days and um, a new manager too to add in on top of it all. Um, does that take a bit of time to adapt to a different way of playing? Definitely, yeah. Like we're obviously everything's new this year, new management, um, a lot of new players. Like there's a lot of newness, which I think freshens up the team a bit. Like you, mm. you new isn't always a bad thing. Like it's a good thing as well. Um, bit of like it's something we kind of needed. I think um, Galway was kind of in a bit of a slump over the years. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, like I'm enjoying the training so far. It's been really good. I love the new management. Like that we get on really well. Like everyone gets on. That's there's a good uh, bond there between the players and the staff. So hopefully that just continues. Obviously the the run of bad results hasn't been great. Um, but no, it's been it's it's good in camp. Like the training's really well. There's all always positive vibes. So that's always a good thing and Alan fair play to him he puts in some amount of work like he really does so no it's been it's been really good so far and there's a lot of chat as well about the up-and-comers in Galway because I know no more than Jesse you're taking this kind of um new kind of leader leadership position if it's fair to say and then kind of there you're not even you know you're still very young yourself yet there's younger yeah. players coming in onto the team how does that kind of deal how do you deal with that yourself kind of like taking on that bit of responsibility maybe yeah like there's a lot of younger players and it's hard to believe because I was only there a few years ago I was only only that age um and it's hard to believe that like now I'd be kind of viewed as a more senior player it's I I know Jesse was kind of saying that as well but um no it's hard to believe that like you're looking at the younger girls and you're like geez I was there not so long ago like and 
to be fair to them, hats off to them. They're really stepping it up. Like there's a lot of competition for places um in the squad. Um no one's place is secure, like really on, on the squad, which is always a good sign. But um no fair play to them. And you know, they're really good. Like it's a really good bunch of girls. They come up to training, they're there to do a job, they do the job, and then we have the bit of banter as well. Like it, it is really good and um they, they fit in so well. Like it's 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 not like it's a new player, they just fit in so well, which is always a good sign. And Trudy aiming to be as annoying as possible this weekend. And you guys looking to bounce back. Are you looking forward to playing that one out? Yeah, definitely. It'll be it'll be a good game, um, as Jesse men- mentioned. But um, it'll be a tough one. Like we're not going to take any any game for granted now. Um, it'll definitely be a tough game. But no, hopefully we can convert the three points. Um, as I said, it's like a local derby again, so it's always going to be a tough one, uh, down the road to to Limerick. But um, no, hopefully. Please God, we get the three points, but it, it definitely won't be an easy job. Jesse, call it one way, Chloe, and yourself another. We'll have to let the fixture itself be the judge. But for now, though, thanks for coming on and best of luck at the weekend. Thanks, Million Elena. Now, finally, for our interview segment, I'm joined by Stephanie Roach, former host of the show and current Piedmont United star. Uh, Stephanie, back on on the show again, as I mentioned, but in the opposing line of fire this time around. Yeah, Alan, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a little bit different, obviously, being the one asking or being asked the questions and having to ask them. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll jump into it. So, so back in the WNL, of course, after we're a few games in now at this stage, five goals to your name and a rack of assists too. You're back with a vengeance after last season. Yeah, well, I think it's important, uh, not just for me individually, but I think for us as a team. Um, we know last season finished really disappointingly for us and we only have ourselves to blame for that, you know. So I think it was important for us to come into this season kind of showing that we're still going to be a force to be reckoned with and, and really just show that we're not going to kind of give up and really just show that we're going to be, as I said, a team that are going to really push every team we play and, and try to be up there come the end of the season. And you're up for the recent goal and the month nominations there too. As I see there, um, I think it was just there during the week it was announced. But yeah, Puskas Rumland shaking throughout the league once again. Oh God, I don't know about that now. But uh, yeah, no, I think it was just uh, an opportunistic type of uh, goal. I see in the keeper offer line and gave it a go. And obviously it, it thankfully dipped below the um, the crossbar. But now look, as I said, I'm just happy to be enjoying my own football and the, the start for Piedmont has been good we still have a lot to work on things haven't been perfect by any means so for me per- personally it's about winning games with Piedmont and obviously if I can uh, tip in and score some goals and get some assists that obviously helps the team so and um you're just back from home base training there I believe yourself <laughs> um you're flat back on the road back it's after the, freezing I can't hear yeah. you at all I think you're back sorry say that again just completely froze no you're okay I was saying you're just back from the home base training session yourself I'm sure you're wrecked but you're dedicated to the podcast nonetheless how does the home base sessions kind of play into your um training regime I guess like do you enjoy them or what do you kind of take on them yeah, look, I'm actually just in the door. So I had to text you to make sure I, I didn't think you think I just abandoned it. We just got a little bit delayed at training. So I'm literally straight in the door and onto the phone. So I obviously didn't want to to let you down. Um, but yeah, look, at the home base is brilliant because 
Um, obviously, P-Mount training is usually quite a high intensity, but when you're bringing mm-hmm. kind of the best players in Ireland together, it, uh, it adds to the intensity of the session, and it's just important to get that kind of extra bit of work in during the week. But um, for me, I train with the boys as well on a Wednesday night when I'm not training with the with the home base. So for the weeks we don't have that, I've tried to kind of keep myself taken over by training with the lads. So look, it's a, gr- a good session. It's good to get together with all the players kind of who will be looking to be part of the senior setup. And obviously some of the under 19s, under 17s are involved as well. So it's just nice to kind of, as I said, get together with some of the best players in the league and, and the intensity and the competition within the session is usually quite good so it's it's good to get that kind of high intensity session as I said mm, and I know um, the training with the boys kind of thing is a thing where Pai was marked out as um, something she thinks is a great idea too what benefits do you think you get out of it Stephanie? Um, yeah, I've actually trained with the lads most of the time whenever I've been home. Kind of, mm-hmm. um, I'm lucky enough that Bray Wanderers let me train with their underage setup. So I've kind of always done that and tried to get in sessions because I think it's just important to be playing at the a higher intensity. Obviously, as I said, when you're playing with P-Mount, you try to bring that intensity to every session, but there's some things can factor into maybe um, the sessions maybe not being at the the level that it should be and um, so I think it's important to be able to go and play the lads look are always going to be faster stronger um, than us so it's just a challenge a different type of challenge to hopefully when you do go to play at international level you can kind of have that little bit of experience of playing against kind of, as I said more powerful players and, mm-hmm. and having to make decisions quicker and and move the ball quicker as well as I said and as you mentioned quite a lot of women's national league representation in the Irish camp now at the minute, both at the home base sessions and at the competitive squad. Do you think that's reflective of an increased um, quality throughout the league? Yeah, definitely. I think you can see all of the clubs around the league are trying their best to to bring up the professionalism of whether it be the training or whether it be the matches. And I think a lot of the clubs around the league have to take good credit for that because that's what we need as players. We need the clubs who are backing us to to really kind of give us the best opportunity so that when we do go to play international football, we're ready for it, you know? And I think most clubs, as I said, have done it for years um, now with the backing of the FAI. Um, and obviously, if some of us can go and train with lads teams as well in the days that we don't have sessions on with our clubs, it's important. So I think it's great to see such a, a mix of players being brought into the the senior setup. And also, I think the under-19s and under-17s, you can see a lot of the young players that are coming up to the leagues are now starting to play senior football within the Women's National League. So it's, it's I suppose, from both points of view, it's a, it's a good sign. And then kind of moving away from that and back to what I touched on at the start, the kind of whole media side of things, you dipped your toe in the water, as I mentioned, as presenter last year, but you do a lot of work kind of across national media too. Why did you feel like that's something you maybe wanted to pursue, Stephanie? Um, I, to be honest, it was the opportunity came to me and I, I kind of had mm. to try and take it. And obviously when you're given those opportunities, you try to take them as best you can. And I've always kind of had an interest in that side of the game. Um, I love the analytical side of football. I love watching pundits kind of talk about different things that happen in matches. And that's something that I kind of find myself doing when I'm watching matches. Myself and Dean will be analysing Manchester United quite a lot, which is painful at the minute. But um, it's always kind of uh, that side of the game I've always enjoyed. So to be given the opportunity to, to do it on live television, I think it's daunting at times, but um, it's something that I've really tried to just take in my stride and, and obviously work hard to do the research and be ready for every game that I do. But it's it's definitely something that I've really been enjoying. And I think the more I do, the the more comfortable I get with it. So it's hopefully that'll keep on happening. I'll keep getting opportunities to 
the show that I, I know what I'm talking about sometimes. And obviously football is a game of opinion. So I had kids at my after school give out to me for saying that Fernandez's peno wasn't a peno in the Champions League. <laughs> so uh, I obviously will always have people doubting what I say, but that's football, isn't it, in the end of the day? <laughs> I, I know the feeling. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you feel there should be more of those kind of opportunities offered to um, players in the Women's National League or women's football in general? Because... Maybe it's something that um, that avenue has always been there for male players or athletes. Just maybe like, you know, they can capitalize on their phenomenal career and kind of extend it into that kind of thing. Do you think it's something we need to see more of um, in the women's side of the game? Yeah, definitely. I think you can see it. Like a lot of the girls have got opportunities like a Karen Dogan, I think has been brilliant every mm. time she's done it. And Pearl Slattery has done a bit of work on RTE around the Women's mm. National League or it. FEI Cup finals, like so many more of the girls can't do it. I think so many of the girls know a lot about football. I think it's about just giving them the opportunity to to kind of be out there and be seen and be heard talking about it, particularly when it's around women's games. Because I think a lot of us within the league would know a lot of the players that are playing. Um, and sometimes maybe you might have men coming in who might not know a lot about the players. So I think it's important to to have a good mixture of of people who obviously have opinions, but also people who understand the women's game and know different players within it. So I definitely think it's something that's changing. I think there's more and more girls been given opportunities to do it. And hopefully that can can continue. And it won't be kind of, I think overall, even in England, you see whenever women do the games, it's, it's, starting, it's slowly starting to change in terms of people being shocked by it or people saying, oh, there's a woman doing this because it's going to become a little bit more common, you know? So yeah. hopefully that can happen in Ireland too and there'll be more and more opportunities being given to, to more female players and they can then become female pundits and female analysts, as, as I said, because they know about football, they know the game and they should be given the opportunities, I think, as much as men. And you're quite active too, as you said, on social media for both the men's and the women's side of sport. Um, do you think um, it's better that the two kind of complement each other and that the mindset needs to be embraced, that it's not just one or the other, like you're kind of touching on there with the media kind of thing? Yeah, well, I think, look, from football point of view, I think women's football and men's football is quite different, you know, there's different, mm-hmm. um, there's different kind of... I suppose women's football is more technical in terms of I said before the boys are, are more powerful they're faster they're quicker so the women's game can be different at times you know so I think it's just about kind of embracing the different styles of football and I think most people that I know who who love the game um, can see the differences within the two men and women's games and, and they go and enjoy the games no matter what so I think it's just important to have an open mind and um, I think for years it was maybe just um your opinion was made before you even seen a woman's game, you know, it was kind of like, oh, it's not going to be great. But then, as I said, people I know who are involved in men's football who have gone to watch the women's game will have a different kind of opinion on it after going to see the matches. So I think it's just, as I said, important to, to go and see it for yourself and, and make your own decision personally. Because I think if you were to read some of the comments on Twitter and all that, you'd never go to a game. So I think it's just, yeah, make your own mind up and go and watch it. There's plenty of opportunity to do it now. It's going to be on TV a lot. It's... There's games in Tallis Stadium selling out with the Irish team. So it's it's there for everybody to go and watch now. It's just important that people do it and have their own opinion, as I said. And of course, your exper- vast experience testament to that as to the heights you can reach all over the world with um, football. Um, you've had since, um, since all over abroad and in the Tri-Thrill Women's National League in your career. Would you kind of recommend the experience? In, in terms of going abroad to play? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think look, as a as a footballer, you have to have ambitions, um, and I think, as I said before, the women's national league is definitely improving. Um, I think 
in order to keep our best players, we're going to have to try and make that step forward to either go semi-professional and hopefully mm. in a couple of years, maybe professional. But look, I understand as well, there's there's a lot that comes with that as well. It's not going to happen overnight. So I think it is important for young players to have a plan and a dream to go and play at a higher, higher level. I think when you see some of the girls who've been playing the Women's National League, making the move over to WSL2 or WSL1 or different countries, as you mentioned there, I've been. So it's it's important to have, as I said, a plan in your head and how you want to achieve the highest you can achieve. And I think that has got to be aiming to play professional football. Well, I suppose hopefully the ultimate goal would be one day to see it kind of progress this side to Ireland, would it be? Yeah, of course. And that's something that I've obviously gone on about quite a lot. But again, I understand it isn't easy to do it. You know, there's a lot that needs to be put into it. I think times are definitely changing. You can, you can see the FEI are definitely putting more and more work into the women's side of, of the game. So long may that continue. And I think, as I said, it might take a while before we hit a stage where we're able to be semi-professional. But I think that should be the goal. And I think um, we need to try and push towards that. But as I said, I'm just the player pushing for it to happen. I understand there's a lot going on behind the scenes that has to happen before it can. But as I said, hopefully the kind of spotlight that's been on women's football will stay there and it'll just increase and get better and better and more people will want to see it happening. Now, I've been instructed by my producer here to ask you about your favourite experience in Houston. I wasn't sure how to segue into that one off the back of <laughs> I'll just let you sort that one out. Yeah, a random uh, message from... Breffney early um, to come and go and see uh, the NASA. I think that's what he's getting at, is he? <laughs> yeah, so I think we all know Irish people when we're abroad, we always manage to find each other. Um, and Breffney was doing his his cycle around the world pretty much. And we happened to be there and we met him and we went for a nice day out in NASA, which is random as it comes. <laughs> and as random as it is in this podcast. But I just thought I'd bring it up. It kind of intrigued me. I was like, what? <laughs> Okay. what's he saying this for <laughs> so some meat in NASA though um but then back this side up he went um as I said back with a vengeance and with plenty to prove this year and you guys have so far you're unbeaten as I said what do you guys think you know you're kind of trying to improve on from last season trying to bring in this time around to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen this time well I think it's just to not take our foot off the pedal I think um last season towards the end of the season we kind of knew we just needed a win and before the DLR game obviously we drew that game and then we went into the Galway game needing a win which put pressure on us but I think it's just to to really be focused in every single game we play um, and even for myself personally I probably would have thought some of the games where you're winning maybe three or four and nearly kind of can switch off you know but it's important mm-hmm. to go into every game with the same mentality and I think that's what we tried to do at the start of this season and as I said we haven't been perfect by any means we know we still have a little bit of work to do and I think a couple of the games, particularly against Trudy and Dale, or we were probably poor. We let we, we took our foot off the gas in the second half, you know, because we were winning by so many goals and we thought we had it won. So I think that's something that we're going to try and fix. Obviously, a big game coming up against Wexford, where I think we all know we won't be able to, to do that, you know, because they will punish us. So that'll be a big test for us. But I think it's just about, as I said, taking every game as it comes and, and treating every game as serious as you would every other game, you know, because I think it's it can be easy, as I said, and you're playing teams like Shelburne and Wexford, who are probably one of the team or the two teams who will be pushing us for the league. Galway, DLR are definitely pushing as well now. So I think every game we go into, we've just got to take it as serious as possible and make sure we get the three points. And that's the goal that that's been set from the start of the season. And I think you know, as much as it was disappointing to lose the last season the way it did, I think it's helped us because I think it can be very easy to slip into a, a comfort zone and kind of go, "All oh, right, we're doing really well. We're brilliant. We're just that and the other." But now. 
it's a reality check, you know. We know we're a very good team with very good players, but we still have to put the work in and make sure we put games to bed and, and get the points. And um, you mentioned the Wexford game. We'll definitely touch on that in just a second. But yourself and Anya Gorman linking up again last weekend. And as I said, later throughout the assists and goals um, tally so far this season already. Uh, described last week as the dynamic or deadly duo. I forget which one in particular it was. <laughs> what's, what's it like kind of playing together for so long and, you know, being up there as two of the best players the league's maybe ever seen? Making you blush now. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I think anyone who knows Anya knows how great she is. She's just the, the, the perfect professional. She's also has a bit of talent to go with it as well, which is nice. But I think from me and Anya's point of view, we've played together since we were 13, 12, 13. So, I think it's hit a stage now where we just telepathically know where each other's yeah. going to be, you know. So I think that's nice to have. Um, we're also playing kind of closer together this year, or we're basically t- together up front, you know. So that's nice. Um, obviously last season we would have linked up from where we been on the wing and me being up front, but I think we're showing now that we can really be a force to be reckoned with in terms of we read each other really well, and I think it helps when we have players like Saif Doyle out in behind mm-hmm. us. Um, Erin's been brilliant since she's come in. Alana McAvoy out on the wing as well. Jetta has obviously joined us from DLR and then you have the girls in midfield and defence just keeping everything tight at the back. So it's important to have those players around you who can feed you. But I think from myself and Anya's point of view, I think it's just we know each other so well now that we know where each other's going to be. So what we were saying after that article came out, we are like, we probably always corner to go for the rest of the season now. So we just have to keep on going the way we were. And yeah, hopefully, as I said, come the end of the season is when it matters. So hopefully we can keep uh, keep banging them in and keep on getting us wins. I find the not scoring again now very hard to believe. But as I mentioned, <laughs> we'll move on to Wexford then. The final question for myself. Um, possibly the fixture that has the most kind of weight so far this season, given, you know, I suppose that one, uh, Wexford Shells was postponed that time. And then this one now is probably the biggest one we've had so far. Uh, someone's got to come out on top. Why do you think it'll be payment? Um, look, I think it's going to be a tough game. And I think for us, we had uh, an even bigger point to prove probably against Galway in that game because of the way last season finished. And I think we showed great character in that game. Um, and look, at, as I said before, I think in some games you can go into them and you're winning by a lot of goals at half time. But I think it's safe to say this game is going to be tight. Um, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be well fought. And a lot of the girls in both teams are looking to win. So it's going to be a great game, I hope, for the neutral. But from my point of view, obviously, you can't take anything for granted. You don't go into any game thinking you're going to win. So I think it's important just to go in with the right attitude, work hard. Um, Wexford always work hard. They're always a team that are dogged and, and dig in and really try their hardest. So I think we're going to have to match that. And then hopefully our quality can shine through as well. Well, I'll be counting down to it anyways. There's no doubt it's going to be fireworks, as you mentioned. But for now, a big thanks for coming on, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alana. No problem. So then, Brefley, as I said, eagerly anticipating the weekend's big kickoff with that one. I think there's no better place to start because it's going to be a brilliant one to watch. Absolutely, and it's been moved Friday night as well, which is great under the lights of PRL Park, of course, live on LOITV.ie, as are all the fixtures every weekend in the Women's League for free, which is absolutely a must reason as to why you should get stuck into it. But that game is going to be a nice little uh, warmer-upper both teams going in with 100%, and I suppose the three top teams from last season still on 100% records. Uh, Shells, of course, as well. They play 
uh, later in the weekend. They host Sligo Rovers. You'd expect them to come out of that with, with a fairly straightforward victory. Uh, it could be a big score. I hope it's not because I think Sligo have made progress over the last couple of weeks. But to go back to the Pima Wexford game, I think it's going to be the best game we've seen this season. Mm. Potentially, it has that opportunity to be that because we haven't seen the top, top sides against each other yet. DLR, they made a statement last week with that comeback when things looked beyond them at uh, halftime in that game. So I'm going to throw them in as a top four. I know we said three or four earlier in the in the, the show, but I think it, I think it's those top four will be there or thereabouts this year. And coming on from that game last week, which seemed to be a classic of a game, I think we're going to see something very, very similar from both sides this weekend. Wexford, of course, will want to uh, lay down a marker for themselves. They've got three from three so far. They'll expect to, to make that four with Paymount probably will edge it. Home advantage should come in here. And I think you touched on it with Steph. I think herself and Anya, um, and she kind of joked, we did spend that day, uh, herself, Dean, and myself uh, in, in NASA when I was in Houston when she was playing over there. Um, and we did, I know them both individually about 10 years or so, and that's why they were involved last year. But um, herself, I met her on a team that she played up front with Anya O'Gorman uh, with the colleges you heard um, Chloe earlier talk about how um, the colleges is kind of a different kind of vibe to it. Mm. So seeing those girls in that environment uh, when they were 18, 19, 20, uh, eager to get on, just breaking into the Ireland team and kind of starting to make a name for themselves and the careers they've gone on, uh, they know each other so well. They did 15 years ago, well, not 15, but 12, 13 years ago. And that has just developed and developed and developed through whether it was with Stella Maris, with certain colleges that were both in at certain times, with Piemont, with Ireland. They've just got that telepathic link that Steph talked about. And they're going to be a handful of defenders up and down. And I'm so happy for Steph on the, the season she's had so far because she hasn't had the best of luck uh, with injuries, uh, with other commitments, work commitments. I know she did a, she missed two weeks of the season last week because of um, the the reality tv show she did last year and, and that kind of stuff just didn't really have her in the starting 11 week in week out with Piemont over the last couple of years some people argue she might be on her way out i think she's answered and silenced those critics over the last couple of weeks and now she's the one player i suppose the teams are looking at going what are we going to do about steph roach we haven't seen that from her in the last two years not necessarily her fault so i'm delighted for her that things are backfiring on all cylinders in terms of the other weekends fixtures i think there's going to be a couple of crackers DLR at Lone, a chance for DLR to kind of get back up and running, squeeze a bit of a chance maybe to get up that table again. If Wexford slip up, DLR could leapfrog them this week. Treaty and Galway, we've talked about that with both Jesse and, and Chloe earlier on the show. Uh, it could be an interesting game. I fancy Galway, but you never know. Treaty could land a surprise there. Interestingly enough, and I think this is a big thing that maybe hasn't been talked about enough in the league, two managers in that game, both former men's National League managers played, have both managed in the League of Ireland across a couple of clubs. Uh, Alan Murphy, of course, a Galway United legend, now the manager in the dugout there for the women's football club in Galway. Donna Reardon, of course, I know he was definitely at Sligo Rovers in Galway, possibly yeah, other teams as well. He might even have been at Limerick at a certain point. I, I can't quite remember. But now he's in the dugout for Treaty. So we're seeing that kind of level of coach coming into the game, which we haven't necessarily seen all that much of over the last few years. I think that's a big statement as well, that coaches are now looking at that as a viable option for coaching careers and to progress their own skills and to get involved in the game and stay involved in the game. The women's game really has been viewed as a level to the men in that respect, I find. And I think it's, it's a really positive thing for the league. Do you think then, Brefney, it makes a difference development-wise as to what maybe they'll bring into a club or do you think that kind of plays into it? 
I think it's a, a double-edged sword. I think it brings a little bit of extra profile. It brings a bit more credibility in the eyes of maybe the football, the general football fan who goes to League of Ireland games up and down the country for the last number of years. I do think sometimes, and maybe I think uh, speaking to Kristen Sample last week on the show, I think we've got a little touch of that about how maybe sometimes when you come in from the men's game, it can be a bit more cutthroat. It can be a bit more um, ruthless in terms of how players are treated. And I think... One great uh, adage I got from when I was doing my coaching badges back in the day, I did my B licence in, in the North, and Alfie Wiley, who was the women's manager for Northern Ireland at the time, was one of the people on the course. And he, he said something that's always stuck with me, and it was that when you're coaching in women's football, it, you coach them like boys, but treat them like girls. And sometimes uh, that isn't quite carried over into the women's mm-hmm. game when football, when, when men's experienced managers come into the game and sometimes there can be that little bit of a personality clash women's football is a different game to men's it's the same sport it's the same set of rules mostly uh, but it's just subtly different girls will follow friends will follow um they'll go in groups rather than boys will be a little bit more ruthless and they'll go to the highest Mm -hmm. level they can girls will opt out rather than be in an unhappy environment and i think we've seen that so often we've seen clubs struggle with that so often and i think it's something that if the right person comes in, and we've heard from Chloe and from Jesse today about how the environment is very positive and they're happy, that's a really positive sign. I think we heard from Kristen last week that it's becoming happy. And I think that's a, a learning curve that Sligo have obviously brought in over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and you can see it in the camaraderie in the showgrounds of the weekend. We've both been to the two home games. And you can see that kind of development happening within the girls, within the management team. And once it comes in with that kind of an attitude or the ability to move in that direction, then yes, it's very, very positive for the women's game. But if they come in and it's cutthroat, ruthless at all costs, if you don't perform, you're out and we don't care. Um, I think girls don't react that well to that. And for, for the both themselves and for their mates, you know, and I, I, that's the one difference between um, men's football and women's football. And if, if the right manager comes in with the right mindset, I think it's only a positive. We saw with up north uh, with uh, Northern Ireland qualified for the European Championships and they qualified with... And Kenny Shields is obviously hugely experienced in the men's game, but he seems to have brought that camaraderie. I know we spoke to Jess, uh, Julie Nelson on the show last year, last year, and she would have spoken about that as well. So um, with the right attitude, absolutely, it's, a, it's only but positive. Definitely. And maybe a topic that could be explored again, once again in the future. It seems to be an interesting one, maybe different perspectives bring in there. But yes, as we mentioned, um, plenty of games to come your way again this weekend. You touched on the reality series. Stephanie Roach was on Hell Week. Well, it's certainly not the Hell Weekend this weekend with the fixtures we have coming in. Uh, so as we mentioned, the P-Mate Wexford, that's a quarter to eight on Friday. DLR at Lone and Shell Sligo, that's at two o'clock on Saturday. And 3D Galway, Cork Bowes, that's at 5pm on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to see what our talking points will be for there anyways um, already for next week's show again at Wednesday at 9pm. Before I let you go, I just one yeah. thing I want to jump in. I know you're on your wind up, but two things: we didn't really talk about Cork and Bowes. I think Bowes will be a bit stronger than Cork um, going into the game, but the trap, the trip might work in Cork's favour. I'd probably go for a draw in that game. I've been very impressed mm-hmm. with Abby McCarthy over the last two seasons. I know she made seven or eight saves last week, despite conceding seven. So we'll see how that goes in that front. And the other thing is, we have to talk. We're talking goalkeepers. We mentioned earlier in the show she was on the show uh, last week and the week before. Kristen Sample scored the most bizarre goal I've ever seen yeah. uh, from a, an indirect free kick. Uh, it was a player offside, both player was offside, and she took the a kick and it bounced over the goalkeeper into the back of the net. The whole stadium went nuts. Um, the announcer announced it 
and then the ref gave a free out and it kind of took about four or five minutes for people to realize what had actually happened goal yeah. disallowed can't score from an indirect free kick but it was a bizarre moment uh, but this league has been full of bizarre moments and I think there's plenty more to come this weekend all the games of course live on LOI TV that night looking forward to watching them but uh, thanks for coming on Brethley who of course uh, as well produce the show and a big thanks as well to all of our guests Stephanie Roach Jesse Mendes and um, we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next week uh, join us again Wednesday at 9 for now though I've been Alana Knan. this has been Final Whistle Lotties Women's National League Show good night <laughs>